Thank you very much, Pastor Anthony, for your kind, kind welcome and good morning, all of you. It's such a great joy and privilege to be here with you all. We're sharing in this worship, okay, of the living God. And what a joy and delight it is to be able indeed to know that God's people, when they meet together, there is great joy, laughter and fun. Can a good amen for that? Okay, the more amen you say, my preaching gets better and better. And all of you say, amen. amen. That's the way it is for all of us. I know Pastor Anthony has asked me to speak on daring faith, which is part of the series that you're all going through, okay, about this whole thing. And so I'm going to read two passages of scripture for all of us. The first is taken from 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 2, okay, if this has been projected on the screen for us, all right, and then after that followed by Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. So 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 2, this is what it says, okay, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Second one is Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Father, I ask, Lord God, that you by your Spirit will take this word of yours and speak to us and challenge us and cause us, Father, I pray, to respond to you in a wonderful manner in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Now, once there was a farmer who brought his strong, sleek buffalo to town. And this farmer said to the people in the town, if any one of you can fulfill three wishes of mine, this buffalo of mine shall be yours. While everybody in town could not wait to want to possess that buffalo. Well, said the farmer, firstly, I want you to make my buffalo cry. People begin to pinch the buffalo, kick the buffalo, hit the buffalo. The buffalo did not cry at all. And then the pastor of the town was there, said, can I try? Of course you may. He walks towards the buffalo. He whispers something to the ear the buffalo. And the buffalo will cry and cry and cry like crazy. This is amazing. Well, said the farmer, secondly, I want you to help me to make my buffalo laugh. While people tickle the buffalo, make monkey faces, swing and dance, the buffalo did not laugh at all. The pastor said, can I try? Of course you may. He whispered something to the buffalo, and the buffalo started to laugh and laugh like crazy. This is really amazing. Finally, he said, you know, I want you to make my buffalo run. People pushed the buffalo, dragged the buffalo. The strong, sleek buffalo did not move at all. Finally, the pastor says, can I try again? He whispered something to the buffalo. The buffalo bolted off. This is amazing. Finally, when the farmer took the buffalo before handing it over to the pastor, well, the farmer said to the pastor, I want to know what you did to my buffalo. The pastor, are you sure you want to know? Of course I want to know before I hand you my wonderful sleek buffalo. Well, the pastor said, you know what? I firstly said to your buffalo, how hard I work as a pastor. I suppose your buffalo took pity upon me and started to cry and cry like crazy. Then secondly, I told Buffalo, okay, how much I'm paid as a pastor in my salary every month. I suppose the Buffalo couldn't believe it. How hard I work, how can be I paid so little? And the Buffalo to laugh and laugh like crazy. Finally, I said to Buffalo, now you want to be a pastor? He ran off. <laughs> wow, this Buffalo, I'm not sure he's smart or not. But I want to say, friends, that one of the best things that have happened to me in my life is to become a pastor of a church, really. I used to teach engineering after finishing up my studies in UK almost 40 years ago. Okay, now don't think, don't calculate how old am I, am I now, That's okay? Uh, all right, and uh, what happens is that since, okay, from day one, as I started a church oh, 36 years ago, we started, okay, I started to teach engineering as well as leading the church from day one like this. That's 36 years ago. And you know what? I resigned from engineering to become a pastor of the church. I want to say, like Pastor Anthony, this is the best thing to happen to me in my life. 
You know why? Because I get to travel all over the world to speak and to preach. And I meet some of the nicest people in this whole world. Say to your neighbor, he's talking about you. Yeah, really, you know. I get to meet all kinds of wonderful people around the world. What a joy, what a privilege it is, really, friends, you know, to be able to just, right, meet, help, share, encourage, inspire one another in the purpose of God. It is so important, friends, you know, to have a dream. And the question is this, how big is your God-given dream? How big is it, the dream of yours? Sometimes, friends, you know, I ask young people, what's your dream? You know why? Because I say to them, if you can tell me your dream, I can tell you your future. If you can tell me your dream, I can tell me your future, really. And so I said to them, you know what, if you have no dream, come to this place that we meet in Malaysia called the Dream Center. By the way, if you come to that part of the world, just log in Dream Center Malaysia. All the details are there, and we welcome you to come and join us, really. So I said to them, you know, young people, if you have no dreams, come to this place called the Dream Center. We are helping you to dream dreams. In fact, you can dream as many dreams as you want. Why? Because dreams are free. Amen? Isn't it? So you can dream as many dreams as you want. In fact, in the case of a dream center, at the bottom, there's a tagline that I've put down where dreams come alive. But there is another tagline that I didn't put down where shattered dreams can live again, where broken dreams can live again. How many of us, we have made at least one mistake in our lives? See our hands. How many of us are back? Okay. Look around. If your neighbor's hand is not up, say to your neighbor, you're lying. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, all of us, including myself, we all make tons of, tons of mistakes, isn't it? But it does not matter. Come to this place called the Dream Center. We will put your, left, your life back on track again. And then you can live, relive the broken dreams of your life. And that's so important for all of us, isn't it? And so, of course, we must have dreams. Again, how big is your God-given dreams? And that's so important for all of us. Therefore, I'm going to suggest a paradigm. And the paradigm for all of us is really dream break to dream as big as possible. And so you've got to ask yourself, how big is my dream? But more importantly, how big is my God-given dream? How big is your God-given dream? Because every one of us must have a dream. As I said, without the dream, there is no future. But when there's a dream, there's a future, really. So how big is your God-given dream? I want to suggest, friends, you know, this morning, I want to dream big with you all here in the UK. I really want to dream big here with you all for UK. How many of us will believe UK can be changed and transformed? See your hands. How many of us? All right. Well, fantastic. This is great, Pastor Anthony, Pastor Ben. I like this. is a church of great faith. I like that. This is fantastic, isn't it? Friends, I know sometimes I talk to British church leaders. Sometimes I feel a sense of gloom and doom. They feel that there is no hope, no future. They feel that we are going into, as it were, almost a kind of hopeless end. But I said, no, I refuse to accept that. Okay, maybe God has sent me here, right, to you, okay, to try to challenge one another to relive the broken dreams of our life or to redream again that you, okay, can be changed and transformed. Why is this the case? Friends, you know, because Apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 9, okay, and we're going to read the scripture together. See what happens when I preach in my church. Whenever Bible verses are projected on the screen, I get everyone to read in my church aloud with me together. You know how I get everyone in my church to read aloud with me together? Because sometimes that's the only time they read the Bible in a whole week. Say to your neighbor, he's not talking about you. Isn't it? It's important because increasingly, I believe, friends, you know, right? Preaching should be a dialogue, me to you, you to me. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, but not only a dialogue, preaching should be a trilogue, me to you, you to me, and to one another. That's why sometimes I get you to talk to one another, isn't it? Increasingly, friends, can I say, when you preach young people, they don't want a monologue. They want a dialogue. They want interaction with you, but also talking with one another. Why? Because church should be a place of great fun and laughter. Can a good amen for that? Okay, not very convincing amen. Can you amen for that? Okay, the happiest hour is on Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. here. Okay, in Ivy Church. Can a good amen for that? Isn't it? Happiest hour is here, really. Happy hour is not there in a pub. Happy hours is here. And the happiest hour is Sunday morning, 10.30, here in Cinewall, okay, where the great things of God takes place for all of us like this. So friends, you know, let's read together this important passage of Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 3 and in verse 9 together. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, that's God's purpose. He doesn't want any one of us to perish, but every one of us come to repentance. And therefore, friends, you know, the paradigm that all of us must have is always to dream big, all right, to think big. And this is important for all of us, friends, right? That our paradigm in life is that we must always be thinking big. And the big thing that we dream about is that the whole UK can be changed and transformed in what manner? When people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because that's God's design and purpose, isn't it? He wants everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to come to faith in Christ. Now, how many of us, we think becoming a Christian, coming to faith in Christ is the best thing to have happened to you in your life? Can I see your hands? How many of us? Wow, practically every hand is up. Likewise, my hand as well. You know why? Because I came from a Buddhist background. And 44 years ago, when I came to faith in Christ, it has been one amazing transformation. Now, not that I'm a bad guy. I'm fairly decent looking. <laughs> Amen. Isn't it? Right? But really, you know, when Jesus came into my life, because there's a sense of emptiness, loneliness, something is missing in my life. Even though I went through mission schools, Christian schools, in fact, all the way to Methodist schools. God have mercy upon Methodist school, although I pass the Methodist church today. I know some people come and worship with my church. My goodness, what kind of church is it? This doesn't look like a Methodist church. Why? Because we are called Damansara Utama Methodist Church. In short, it's just D-U-M-C. They said, this doesn't look like a Methodist church. I said, that's why we are called D-U-M-C, definitely unusual Methodist church, okay? <laughs> that's what we are. So come and join us. Some people with a smirk on their face and say, my goodness, so what kind of church this is? I said, that's why we're called D-U-M-C. Don't underestimate my church. Amen, <laughs> isn't it? So come and join us for laughter and fun and celebration and excitement like this for all of us. But friends, you know, as I said, just now with the hands raised up, the best thing to happen to us in our lives is to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Isn't it? Why? Because that's the process of transformation. Great days are ahead, and the best is yet to be. And if this is so good for us in our lives, surely it should be very good for everyone here in UK. Can you good amen for that? Isn't it? And friends, you know, therefore to change UK, it is, friends, you know what? It is doing one at a time, one at a time, as we heard just now. Just one at a time, one at a time. And that's so very, very important. Now, that should be our paradigm, friends. Really. See, what happens when I'm much younger, if I'm much younger, that is, you know, I'm going to start a church like this. Not that I'm very old. I know. Now, how many of us, especially those who are not so young anymore, nowadays, we tend to feel, 
okay? That time passes by very fast. How many of us, we feel like this? Wow, wow, my goodness, even young people put up their hands. God have mercy upon you all, okay? <laughs> now, time passes by the same, but we just feel, isn't it? That it seems to pass by very, very fast, indeed. You see, when I was a young little kid, okay, nine, ten years old, I looked at a 50-year-old man. I said, my goodness, so old. You know, I've gone past 50. In fact, I've gone past 60. I'm now almost 65 years old. Yeah, or 65 years young, you know. But really, time passes by very fast, okay? Seemingly, isn't it? You know why we tend to feel that time passes by very fast? Because I compare time for those of us who are older especially, like that of a toilet roll. The more you use it, the faster it rolls. <laughs> isn't it? And the trouble is, you cannot slow it down. It will just go faster and faster. And that's the reason why it's so important before time runs out on us. It is so important to live our life well. Can a good amen for that? Isn't it? So young people, some of young people don't laugh at us because in the twinkling of an eye, you will join the company of elect as well. You know, time comes by so fast, so quickly, faster than we realize. But friends, it's so important for you and I to have a paradigm, to dream big, really. Right? To dream big. But friends, you know, whilst this paradigm of dreaming big in life is important, dreaming big for UK is important, you and I must have a pattern. And the pattern always is to start small. While the paradigm is to dream big, the pattern for all of us is to start small, which is very, very important for all of us. Okay? And how do we start when we are starting small? It is simply to pray. Not just to pray, to take initiative but also to maximize every opportunity with people around us. This is critical for all of us. Everything begins with prayer. Can you get amen for that, isn't it? Begins with prayer, okay? But also for all of us to take initiative and to maximize every opportunity with people around us. What does the Bible have to tell us? That's the way Apostle Paul puts for us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. Let's read together. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So you and I must be wise people. Listen, I know there's a wise and otherwise, but we want to be wise people. And wise people will always make use of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that's the reason why we find a second passage of scripture, right? That's the way we find that the early believers in the Lord Jesus Christ would always tend to do. This is as a result of persecution, in fact, of the martyrdom of uh, Stephen in Jerusalem. And when Stephen was martyred, what our believers were scattered. And this is what Dr. Luke records for us in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Let's read together. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. You see, wherever they went, they all preached the word. That should be, in fact, friends, can I say, the same with all of us as well. That wherever we are, wherever we go, we should be sharing the word, we should be sharing Jesus with people. Now, that's where the danger is for all of us, friends, can I say? We have turned evangelism into a program, like Alpha, like Christianity Explored, like Evangelism Explosion. Now, nothing wrong with that. That's great. We should continue to carry on doing that. Amen. Or like, for example, the three-day uh, three very special Christmas outreach or Easter outreach or whatsoever else. That's great. That's wonderful. We must carry on doing that. But you see, the trouble sometimes with us is that we have relegated evangelism to a program. We have 
radical evangelism to some people, certain people who are really passionate, really gifted in evangelism. We leave it to them. The rest of us, we fold our arms. We fold our arms and we cheer them. Well done. Carry on with you. Carry on with you. And the rest of us are spared from doing that. But friends, can I say, this is not consistent with Scripture. Not consistent in the book of Acts, as you see. Wherever they went, they shared a word. And friends, so I want to challenge you all, therefore, this morning, if UK is going to change and transform, evangelism should be a lifestyle. Can I get amen for that? It should never be a program, but it should be a lifestyle for all of us. And that's what I try to do wherever I go around the world, to challenge people, to ensure that evangelism should really be a lifestyle and not a program, really, or not just relegated to some people who are gifted in evangelism. It should be a responsibility of all of us, as we see in Scripture. Wherever they are, they just share their faith. And therefore, I tried to do that myself as well. In fact, Wednesday before last, right, we were in Bristol. And we checked in a hotel for the night after meeting some friends in Bristol over dinner. And then a smallish hotel next morning when we check out on the hotel. All right, there's a lady receptionist at the hotel. I said, you know, thank you very much, okay, that we could stay in this hotel. Thank you very much for serving us. What's your name? And she said, my name is Carla. I said, good to meet you, Carla. My name is Daniel, by the way. I'm, I'm from Malaysia, Carla. I'm a pastor from Malaysia, in fact. Carla, you know what? You are very special. Out of seven billion people, God will take a pastor from Malaysia to meet you here, right? In this hotel of yours. You are so special, Carla, you know, that it is very important that you yourself, by the way, are you a Christian? I asked her. She says, no. I said, that makes it doubly special that God will send a pastor from Malaysia to meet you here. Where do you live, by the way, Carla? Somewhere in Bristol. No, she said, originally I came from France. Well, that makes you doubly special that God will take you from France, okay, to Bristol, and for me from Malaysia to be here, and to meet you here, and to let you know God loves you. You are very special. He said, really? I said, yeah. He has purposely taken me here out of seven billion people to let you know you are special, Carla, and he loves you. And I said, Carla, you know what? I came from a Buddhist background. When I came to faith in Jesus Christ, 44 years old, it has been what amazing transformation. It's just incredible. You can experience him likewise, Carla. And if you like to, I really want to pray for you to trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Is it okay? She says, okay. I said, fantastic, Carla, you know what? Okay, I'm going to lead you in prayer. Four steps involved in trusting in Jesus. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Thirdly, ask him to forgive you of your sins. And fourthly, invite him to your life as Lord and Savior. Is it okay? Is it clear? She says, yeah, it's clear. Fine, great. Let me lead you in prayer. Sentence by sentence, you'll follow after me aloud. Is it okay? She says, yeah, sure, of course. I let her in prayer. And then I'm going to pray for her again. Okay? And then, Carla, you know what? I was a student here over 40 years ago. There's a great church up the road called Christ church, okay, in Clifton, in Bristol, okay, go to that church, you will really be blessed by God. On top of that, Carla, you, you can talk to him, because prayer is just talking to Jesus, isn't it? On your own, you can tell him what is in your heart, all the joys and blessings, but also all sometimes the fears, the frustration, the burdens, heartaches, and the pains that you carry. Talk, tell him about it. Friends, you know, can I say, ever since then, leading her to faith in Christ, I've been praying for her every day that the Holy Spirit of God will really continue to follow up in a wonderful manner. It's like this. Friends, you know, it is so important to pray. And that's what I do regularly. Lord, lead me to someone you want me to meet today. Right? Lead me to a person that you want me to encounter. It will be divine appointment from you so that I may be able to naturally talk about you with these people around. And so I want to challenge you, friends. Begin to pray. But take initiative. 
okay? But maximize this opportunity that God has given to you because you never know how it comes about, when will it come about, but it is critical, friends, for you and I because if UK is going to be changed, every one of us, all right, must begin to just share the good news of Lord Jesus Christ with anybody and everybody, anytime and every time. Can you good amen for that? Isn't it? And so, friends, you know, I want to challenge you firstly to, okay, a paradigm, which is to think back, to think back for God, that UK can be changed and transformed for the Lord Jesus Christ, that UK can return back to its roots, really, all right, to what it was, really, wonderful Christian roots that you have and that many of your people many years ago have brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to that part of the world that we have been blessed in the process. And because UK maybe is going through some challenging times, God in His mercies and grace have brought some of us Chinamen back to you all to share with you all some of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can good amen for that? Isn't it? Because He wants us to be part and pass returning the wonderful legacy that you people have sowed into our nation and so many parts of Asia, right? Which is so important for all of us. And so friends, you know, it starts off by firstly thinking back. Secondly, all right? Okay, secondly, really for all of us to start small. Once we think big, we always start small. Third and finally, the pattern. What is a pattern? Sorry, the practice. The practice is always to build deep. All of us must be building deep in what way we could build deep. Always, friends, be diligent, be disciplined, and to persevere to continue to do the will of God. Isn't it? What is the will of God? Okay, Apostle Paul writes to us in Philippians chapter, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's read together. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what God's will is. What is God's will? Again, it is good to read again. Right, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This is God's will for us. Let's read together. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's God's will, isn't it? He wants everyone to be saved. He wants all to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And as we all know, when a person comes to faith in Christ, that is the start of a transformation, isn't it? All right? And we start off by taking small steps. It could just be one at a time. Really, friends, can I say? See, if I'm much younger, I will start a church like this. That this year, I'm going to reach out and win one to Christ and disciple the person well. And the next year, the two of us will go out and each one of us win one to Christ. Now I'm going to disciple all three. The following year, the four of us will go out. Each one of us win one to Christ. Now I'm going to disciple all seven. So starting the first year, we just, me winning one step for two. Second year, it becomes four. Third year, it becomes eight. Fourth year, it becomes 16. How many years does it take to win a world of seven billion people to Christ? How many years does it take? Well, I could say some of your brainwave is zipping like crazy, okay, all right, in lightning speed, that kind of thing. Any one of you, okay, if you know the answer, there's free lunch available with Pastor Anthony this morning. <laughs> See, I, I ask this question around the world. I've preached in more than 30 countries in all six continents. I ask this question around the world. So far, one Chinese guy in China, he gave me the answer within 20 seconds. Brilliant guy. When you're 20 seconds, he told me, Pastor Daniel, when you hit 30 years, you have touched 1 billion people. 31 years, 2 billion. 32 years, 4 billion. 33 years, you're home. 
I say, you are absolutely right. Imagine, friends, if I were just to win one to crisis here, next year the two of us go out, each one win one. Just like this, in this simple mathematics, the whole world can be won in 33 years. You know what did Jesus say, friends? Matthew chapter 9, in verse 37, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful. Amen. Not only Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, in John chapter 4, in verse 35, Jesus Christ says, open your eyes, look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. So Jesus says, friends, can I say, not only the harvest is plentiful, but the harvest is ripe. And really, friends, can I say, there are more people ready to accept Jesus than you and I realize. A lot, lot more people. Sometimes I feel that it is like a ripe fruit that is going to fall from a tree. From a, you just put up your palm, boom, it comes on, onto your palm like this. Give another example. I was traveling, okay, actually Doris and I were traveling right, from Malaysia, from Kuala Lumpur. We were flying to Moscow for me to speak at a conference of Russian pastors and bishops. In the first sector of the flight, Kuala Lumpur to Dubai, before we changed plane onwards to Moscow, is a gentleman from England who was on the same sector of flight, Kuala Lumpur, Dubai, and then he, he travels onwards to Heathrow. In that same sector of flight, right, he got onto the plane as a last passenger, but really upset. Why? Because he wanted a better seat and couldn't find a better seat. As he walked into the plane, you can see he was really filming an upset like this, okay? And uh, you know what? But I could see as he walked in, you know, in the economy section, in the center portion of the plane, the economy section, all right? He walked in really, you can see really upset, that kind of thing. But you know what? He was rippling with muscles. And you know what? People who are really muscular, they like to wear sleeveless T-shirts, <laughs> isn't it? And so he walked, and I noticed there's an empty seat just next to where we are seating. And so I told Doris, what do you need to take the house seat? I will sit next to him. He sat down, he was fuming, he was grunting, groaning, that kind of thing. You know, I wanted a better seat, and they couldn't give me a better seat. This is crazy, this is lousy, that kind of thing. I said, hi, my name is Daniel, what's your name? He says, my name is Julian. Great, Julian. You know, you are very special, Julian. By the way, I'm a pastor from Malaysia. Out of seven billion people, got to take a pastor to sit next to you, Julian. You are really very special. You know what? In the process of talking with him, I found out that he was eight to ten times old England karate champion. Oh, you don't fool around someone like this. In fact, you know what? 2013, he was world karate champion. And he comes from not too far away from here, from Leeds. So you know what? I became very careful in talking with him because I want to keep my nose and boom, and it's all gone. You know, I'm making very careful talking with him. I told him, you know, Julian, really you're so special. Get God to send a pastor next to you. I shared with our Jesus in a flight. Halfway through the flight, 39,000 feet above sea level, Julian was in tears. I told Julian, you know, God has touched you. And if you'd like to, I'd like to pray for you to trust in Jesus. He said, okay. He paused for a moment. He said, okay. I said, that's fantastic, Julian. Explain the four steps how to trust in Jesus. Julian, you follow after me. Sentence by sentence, aloud, but not too loud. Okay, aloud. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Let him the faith in Christ, pray for him. I said, Julian, you know, when I, when I get back from Russia, I'm going to connect with you. Okay and recommend a church for you to go to. There's a great church I know nearby there that you should go and be blessed by God. Bring a whole family along. You know, he's got three children. 
At that point of time, eldest daughter, 26 years old, son, 21, and third one, son, 19 years old. All three children are all All England karate champions in age groups. Oh, you don't mess around someone like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, take your family along. Say, what? My goodness. I go out not as a Christian. Now I return as a Christian. And you expect me to take the whole family to church. There'll be a huge karate fight at home. I said, it doesn't matter. Julian, I'll pray for you. <laughs> as I say, friends, people are more ready to accept Jesus than you and I realized. What is the final question I ask all of you? And the final question it is, how many of us, we many times, we lack the power, the courage, as well as the urgency to share Christ. How many of us can I see your hands? Yeah. I used to be like this, friends, can I say? I used to be like this. I struggle like crazy. I can talk to, with people, anything under the sun, from politics to potatoes, but the gospel just cannot come out. You know, one day I read Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In fact, I have read Acts 1, 8 many, many times before. But one day it hit me like a thunderbolt. Let's read together what it says. Together. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that's what I prayed. Although I read many times, it did not hit me like this, but one day it really hit me. I said, Lord, that's what I need. I am fearful. I don't know how to open and talk about you, Jesus, with people around me. I'm tongue-tied, right? And Lord, help me, really. I pray, boom, it happened. It didn't happen just like this. Sunday overnight, I became bold and courageous. I took small little steps, as I said. Take small little steps. Little by little, you find that God begin to help you along. And now, what happens? I share Jesus anywhere and everywhere I go. It's a natural part of my lifestyle. If I don't share Jesus after a while, I get restless. I need to get out and share Jesus with people like this. That, friends, you know, evangelism should never be a program for the lifestyle. Can I get amen for that? Let me end up with a story. We were flying on the way to Cairo for me to speak at the largest church in the whole of the Middle East, in Cairo. All right, a church of 7,000 people, pastor my good friend, Samir Morris. Amazing, powerful church, really. But... Right, we flew from Dubai overnight to Dubai, sorry, overnight in Abu Dhabi before flying on, okay, to Cairo. And what happens is that in Abu Dhabi, a friend of ours, ours before he sent us next morning, okay, to uh, uh, the airport, says, let me take you to this place called the Presidential Palace. I said, my goodness, you mean we can go to the Presidential Palace? He says, yeah, it used to belong to Emil, the Sultan Abu Dhabi, and he has turned it over to the state, and the state has converted it into a six-star hotel. This is amazing when we walk around that place. You know, it is so massive and huge and everything is big, mega size. On the way out, I told uh, my wife Doris and our friend, you know what, I told Doris, come, let's use the toilets. At least the toilets are free of charge, okay? <laughs> All right, so she went to the ladies, I went to the gents, and you know what, okay, after doing what I need to do in the toilet, I walked towards to pick up a paper napkin. There's a staff base inside the toilet, dressed in a very smart hotel uniform. I said, went through, walked close towards him, okay, and picked a paper napkin from him, walked close to him, look at his name and say, hi, what's your name? Oh, Mantakali. I said, good to meet you, Mantakali. Okay, by the way, my name is Daniel. I'm a pastor from Malaysia. You are very special, Mantakali. Out of seven billion people got to take a pass with me, even in a toilet here. Okay, I said, Mantakali, you must really enjoy working in this place. 
Okay, how long have we been here? Six months. I said, it's a wonderful place. You must really enjoy it. He says, no. I said, why not? He says, I miss my family. I said, where are you from? From India. Which part of India? Chennai. Great place. I've been to the city several times. So wonderful, Mandakali. Now, you know what? You are so special, Mandakali. God has brought me here to let you know Jesus loves you. Right? You can trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, really. Would you like to? He paused for a moment. He said, okay. I said, that's fantastic, Mandakal. You know what? Only Jesus, no other gods. Only Jesus, okay? Why? Because in Hinduism, they believe in 330 million gods. So one more Jesus added, what's the problem? Isn't it? I said, only Jesus, no other gods. He said, okay. He said, okay. So I led him to, right, to trust in Christ as Lord and I prayed for him again. I've been praying for Mantecali ever since because there's nowhere I could follow him up, isn't it? Because when you do responsible evangelism in terms of following up people, but I keep on praying for him. How many of you, you like to meet my friend Mantecali in heaven? See your hands. How many of you? Wow, you are great men and women of faith. I like this church, Pastor Anthony. I share this story with my church. You know what? Only three hands went up. I scolded my whole church. You terrible people, people of no faith. I like IV Church. You know, people of great faith and a good amen for that. Okay, this is great and this is wonderful. You know what? One day, Mandakali in heaven, my walk towards me, slapped me hard on the shoulder. He says, brother, you recognize me? I looked at him. I said, no, I don't. I talk to so many people around the world. And you know, he might just say, hey, my friend, you know what? Bantakali, Bantakali, Tola Abu Dhabi. Of course, of course, I know, I remember, of course. You know what? Bantakali might just say to me, brother, I want to let you know, that was the best toilet experience in my whole life. <laughs> Friends, can I say, evangelism works even in the toilet. And he wasn't the first one I led to Christ in the toilet, by the way. Friends, can I say, people are more ready than you realize. Even here, okay, people are more ready than you realize. I want to challenge you as I close this morning. Challenge you to think of a number. As I said, if I were just to win one to Christ and train everyone that I disciple to win one to Christ, 33 years, it's all over. Whole world is 7 billion. UK is only 60 over million. Very easy, my friend. UK can be changed and transformed. I want to challenge you now as I close in prayer to think of a number. Think about it. If you can set the number, I don't care what number, just one. If it's just one, every one of you to lead one to Christ a year. Ivy Church will double every year. Very soon, you'll buy over this whole place and it's even too small for you. Each one of you just win one to Christ. Church growth will be explosive. You can be no time changed and transformed into the whole world. So can you think of a number? I want to pray for you. Shall we close our eyes, bow our heads? But before I extend this invitation to pray for you all and challenge you to pray that God will use you to lead someone to Christ. Maybe some of us here, we have not known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to say to you, you have not known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, hates by the eyes closed. This is the best thing, my friend. I want to show you, guarantee you, in fact. I've got in my church people from all kinds of backgrounds, Buddhists, atheists, Hindus, Muslims. They've all come to faith in Christ. And what amazing change and transformation. He wants to do the same for you. But it starts with taking the first step. So if you've not trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, at the count of three upwards, I want to ask you to raise up a hand, high up, so I can see your hand. I want to pray for you. Never taken the step of faith, but today you want to say yes to Jesus. I want to assure you, this will be the best decision you ever make in your life. Are you ready? At a count of three, raise up a hand, I want to pray for you. One, two, and three. Is anyone here? 
this morning. Is anyone here? Keep your hands up. I'm going to pray for you. Well, I trust all of us do know Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you all to stand, would you? Let me close in prayer. Think of a number. Say, I'm going to pray for all of us. I want to pray the Holy Spirit seal it in your heart. Think of a number. Whatever number, it does not matter. That I want to pray that God will use you this year to lead at least one person to Christ or whatever your number it may be. It is a huge joy and privilege, friends, can I say, to lead people to Christ because you're making eternal difference. That's the greatest dream you can ever dream about, making eternal difference in the lives of people. So think of a number. As you think of a number, close your eyes. Would you lift up your hand like this? Because it's a great posture, a posture of humility, but also a posture of receptivity. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for these, my brothers and sisters. Lord God, I thank you, Father, for the faith in you. And this morning, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just release grace upon these, my brothers and sisters. Whatever number they have set, oh God, I pray, for this year that you will use them to lead at least a person to Christ. Whatever the number, Father, I pray you by your Spirit, seal it in all their hearts and their lives. And give these, my brothers, a joy and a great joy, oh God, of leading, Father, we pray, people to faith in Christ regularly. Lord, I pray that you'll transform all these, my brothers and sisters, so that, oh God, evangelism, oh God, is not a program, it's not an event, but a lifestyle, oh God, I pray, so that they will naturally, oh God, share and talk about you with people around, and so that, Father, they will have a joy and a blessing, oh God, of leading people to faith in Christ again and again, and that this will begin to change and impact not just Ivy Church, a holy UK for Jesus Christ, Father, I pray. Bless all these, my precious brothers and sisters, in Jesus' mighty name, all God's mighty people say, Amen, amen. Give a big hand, okay, to the Lord Jesus Christ with you. I was in um, Liverpool Cathedral yesterday speaking at a men's meeting. There was lots of guys who came along to that. And, um, and while, during like the lunch break, uh, a lady came up to myself and John, my friend, and she was just a visitor to the cathedral. It's the biggest cathedral in the UK. It's this massive place. She was from Japan. And she said to, she said to us, do you know what? I never really thought about God until I came in here. Like through the whole of her life, she just said she'd never really even thought about God. She says, I come from Japan, people there are Buddhists, they say they're Buddhists, but they don't even really think about God. And uh, she said, it's only when I've walked in here, I don't know why, but I just feel like, um, you know, I, I want to talk, what do you believe? And we were talking to her and ended up, she told us, opened up about how she'd lost a daughter and this sadness in her life and stuff like that, just because she felt something about, that was different about that place. And I don't think it's because it was a cathedral. I think it was just something about the presence of God that was there today. So you could even have had that today during this, uh, this time that we're here. And you know, what Pastor Daniel said was correct. There was one person I saw put a hand up and say, yeah, you know what, I want to come back to God. But I think there's more than that, to be honest with you. And maybe you just didn't kind of, you know, do that. I want to give you a moment just to be able to do it before we finish. I think after that message, you know, what if, what if you're really special? What if out of seven billion people in the world, God brought somebody today to be able to bring that message to you in a way that you could understand it, that you are loved, that you are special, that God knows your name, he knows about your joys and he knows about your heartaches and he knows it all and he wants to, to you to give your life back to him with all of its broken pieces and uh, just trust him with it and uh, that he'll, he'll forgive you of your sins, he'll give you a fresh start, he'll give you a new life. He'll, he'll, he'll bring all the dead parts of your life back to life again if you trust him and ask him to. Or you can say no. Go back to life as it was before you came out of here. That's the choice Jesus gives us. 
So I want to give you an opportunity because I've written a book called Work It Out, which is to help people work out what salvation means, what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And if you put up a hand, not only would I pray for you, but you also I'd love to give you a copy of that book to help you to understand what we Christians believe. So if there's, even if there's one more person here who wants to pray that prayer, we're putting the words up on the screen. Please put a hand up now so I can see it. Great, thank you. Anybody else? Wonderful, that's great, it's you. Love it. Lord Jesus, thank you for that lady. Thank you that you brought her here today. So thank you that she wants to put her faith and her trust in you. Not to have a, a fake faith, but a real daring faith and to be a real believer in you. Thank you that you died for her sins because you love her that much. And thank you that you want to show her the way to live this new life. Thank you, Lord, that she's going to live her life to be an example to other people of how great you are and of the love that has transformed her. May you receive today and accept his gift of grace, which is personal to you. May he forgive you of all of your sins, lead you from this day on, from glory to glory. And may you know his love that transforms you from the inside out now and forever. Amen. Now the Bible says if one person turns the course of their life around, the whole of heaven gets together and celebrates that. So I think at least we could do a little bit of that. Should we do that? Brilliant. Well done. Thank you.